you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric B. Addison's. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. You're listening to Wednesdays with Will, and I'm Will Addison. Happy to be here with you today. I have a great show planned uh, for today. Uh, but before we get into that and uh, talk about more of what we're going to be discussing, just a few announcements. Um, let's see. If you have a comment or a question uh, that you would like to ask us, uh, you can send an email to addisons at AFR.net. That's addisons, A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S, at AFR.net. Uh, if you want to watch the broadcast live, uh, you can at streaming.afa.net or on Facebook and YouTube. So if you search for us on Facebook, search for Airing the Addisons. And also you can subscribe to our channel on YouTube, search Aaron the Addisons, and you'll find us if you would like to watch the broadcast. Uh, we also have an Instagram page now. You know, we talked about this last week, I believe, uh, how, you know, we don't we do not do all of the social media things. We kind of limit it to one. Uh, but after we were talking about that, you know, one of our IT people, one of our designers said, hey, you guys want an Instagram page? I was like, okay, well, let's do it. So if you search Aaron the Addisons on Instagram, uh, you'll be able to find us there. Also, make sure you register for MFL 23. That's happening July 6th uh, to the 8th at the Cadence Bank Arena here in Tupelo, Mississippi. Register To register, go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. Uh, you can also see the speakers, and you can read their bios, get more information about the conference there. Uh, just want to let you know, uh, you need to register. If you register now, we have like 69 tickets left for early bird, uh, uh, the early bird special. So it's like 69 left, okay? But you need to use that code, uh, early bird 23, early bird 23. When you go to the pay and everything, make sure you put that code in. You get 20% off. But we have like 69 left, okay? And then after that, the registration and the price will be the normal price, okay? So go to marriagefamilylife.net, and you can uh, register, buy your tickets for Marriage Family Life uh, Conference 23. Uh, but make sure you put that, uh, that code for the early bird rate. That's early bird 23, and uh, you'll get that taken care of. And so make sure you do that, okay? Make sure you do that. That's marriagefamilylife.net. Go to the website, check it out. You can see... Um, there's a video on there of, uh, <laughs> me and Miki talking about the conference and, you know, there's some other things there. So check it out, go to register, but make sure you put in that code. Okay. And I, like I said, there's like 69 left, uh, 69, about 70 left. And so, um, you may, you want to make sure if you want to uh, be a part of this conference uh, this year and you want that rate, do it now, do it now. All right. 
So today we're going to be talking to, well, let me just say this. Now, I, I said this before, how God had laid upon my heart to really highlight uh, ministries, you know, things that, that Christians are doing uh, across the country, different places for the glory of God. And, you know, so I, we, we talked to my brother, uh, Jerry uh, Rayner. We talked to him and, and the ministry that God uh, has him doing. We talked to my brother, Gabriel Parker. Um, and we're going to have another guest on today, uh, Lord willing, uh, Christina Bethea. And we're going to talk about the ministry that the Lord laid up on her heart to the homeless, to the homeless. Uh, now, she lives, um, I'm not mistaken, in California. Um, and, you know, there's a homeless problem really everywhere where, you know, it's, it's, it's growing. And, but in California, it's documented that it's, it's pretty bad in certain areas, you know. But the Lord really laid upon our heart uh, just this ministry, and they're doing phenomenal things. And uh, we, we're going to try to get her on uh, the second and third uh, uh, segments to talk, talk about this ministry. It's called Monthly Miracles, Monthly Miracles. And I, I also want to get you guys to hear her testimony, powerful testimony of how she came to know the Lord, but also how this ministry came about, you know, there. There are, 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 are people who don't understand that the Holy Spirit speaks today in real time. He gives instruction. Right. And he uh, desires for us to know what, the, you know, what we're supposed to be doing. Like we are not out here just navigating life uh, just blindly. But God has given us his Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. We uh, he indwells us and he leads us and guides us and. And I really feel like when you hear this testimony of how this ministry came about, um, that it will be very encouraging because the Lord may have similar things that he wants you to do in your area. You know, he may have been speaking to your heart. Maybe you haven't uh, had the ears to hear him, you know. Um, But I I really believe it's going to be an encouragement uh, when we talk about and share about this ministry uh, to the homeless. And so stay tuned for that uh, second and third uh, segments. But setting up for that, you know, I was just looking at some scriptures. And as if you look through the Old Testament, New Testament, the Bible is full of, of scriptures that talk about, you know, giving to the poor, how we should uh, help those who are in need. Um, man, it's, it's all over scripture, you know. Uh, now, I think the church largely, not, not, not just, you know, not generally speaking, but there are areas where we have not done this well, you know, where it has not been what the church has undertaken, undertaken, you know, giving to the poor and, and, and helping out. But, man, the church does it big time. But there's segments that, you know, I feel like, man, we can do better. We can do better. You know, even on an individual basis, on an individual basis, as Christians, we can do we can do better. You know, we see certain needs and how many times do we pass up those needs that we see? And we don't. And maybe the Lord is kind of pricking our heart to do something. But we kind of just, ah, I don't know. You know, and I know there's a lot of skepticism. There's a lot of things, you know, because I was taught, even taught in ministry. Uh, we had a ministry facility, and there were times where homeless uh, people would come over and they would want, uh, you know, money. And so the thing was, we were instructed that you don't give the money, but you go and if they want, if they say that, say that they're hungry, man, go get them something to eat. Don't withhold that. But we, we didn't make it a practice to give out money. And I remember there was a situation that that that, that happened, and you know there was a, a guy who came to the facility, and 
uh, he came and said that he was hungry. He wanted something to eat. And so I had offered, I said, look, you know, we don't give out money, but I will take you right here, like right by the facility that was, you know, restaurants. And I said, man, we can go any, anyone you want to, and I'll buy you something to eat. And, you know, he got upset with me. And he called me a derogatory name, you know, and I was like, wow. You know, but those type of things, they happen, but it still should not shut down our bowels of compassion, you know, for those who are in need. You know, I took that as that was one person, one guy who who did that, you know, but I was like, man, you know, it's sad. It's sad. But, man, we are instructed to to help, to give to the poor, the needy, you know, even uh, those who seem to be outcast in society. How do we look at them as as the church? And I was reading the scripture in Matthew. It's a very familiar passage. It's really about the judgment. But it says in Matthew chapter um, 25, verse 31, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another. As the shepherd uh, separates the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you uh, from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did uh, we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did it to the one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. And then he will also say to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, in the eternal fire, which has been uh, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you. Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to the one to, to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Uh, these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And we see that, that the list are a list of, of practical things, you know? And sometimes we feel like, oh, we just give them the gospel. That's all. Look, the gospel is of the utmost importance. Yes. But there are practical needs that, that need to be met as well. And that's what I love about crisis pregnancy centers and, and ministries like we're going to be talking uh, with. They meet practical needs, but also they have a high premium on the gospel. Right. Because it's true that, yes, you, you have to be able to help someone with a practical need. But we know that the, the, the most important need is uh, salvation of the soul. Right. And so we can combine the two. We can do it. And I love uh, to hear about ministries that uh, have a, a, a passion for for doing both because it's needed because it's needed. And so we're going to uh, we're going to talk to uh, Christina. And I think it's going to be a, a great time. Um, 
just to really encourage the body of Christ in this area and to highlight this ministry uh, that the Lord has brought about and, and some of the things that they have done. We have to be always, we have to always be open, you know, to what the Lord is saying. And some of you out there who are listening, God may be, you know, pressing upon your heart and maybe it's not in a homeless ministry or ministry to the poor or whatever. It could be in another area to do some things. And, you know, you may have been kind of slow on the draw, like kind of weighing it out. And, and, and God desires for us to weigh things out. But if he's pressing upon your heart something to do, you know, we have to be obedient. We have to be obedient. And he will lead us and guide us. He will provide all that's needed, anything that, that uh, has to be uh, put in place for these ministries and things to happen. He will provide. I'm, I firmly believe that the Lord will take care of what he has ordained. Right. Whatever he has ordained, he will supply every need. And so uh, we have to be open as the body of Christ in the times that we are living in that, man, we are that we are open to what God desires for us to do. You know, a lot of times uh, ministry can be looked at as if, you know, I'm going to blow up by doing this. No, a minister is the chief servant. Right. The minister is the chief servant. We're ministry, that's what it is. We're being called to serve, serve others. We see what we do here on Aaron and Addison's as serving the body of Christ. You know, we may run into people and they say, man, you know, I see you as a celebrity. We don't see ourselves that way. And I think if you talk to anybody who know us and that are around us, they will tell you that we don't see ourselves that way because we're not. We are a piece of the body of Christ that's been called to do what we're doing right now at this time. Right. The body uh, has many members, many parts, but it's all for the glory of God. It's all done by the spirit of God. And so what part are you playing? What is God calling you to do? You know, it takes faith. We have to believe, you know, we have to believe in what he told us to do. Step out on certain things, you know, but what God has ordained, he will supply every need that's there. So be open. Be open to what the Lord wants to do in your life. There's no one has been called to be a Christian that just sat on a bench. You know, no, we all supposed to be in the game. Different functions, but we all are in the game doing what the master has called for us to do. All right. This has been Aaron Addison here on American Family Radio. We get back. uh, We plan to talk to Christina Bethea and talk about uh, the ministry that God has entrusted into her hands. And so stick with us. We'll be back right after this. He put that Christina. I'm the founder of Monthly Miracles. Many of our neighbors in Tri-Valley are suffering in silence. Some have lost everything due to a family tragedy. Some don't know how they will cover their rent next month due to losing their job. Some livelihoods are threatened because their car needs an expensive repair. 
and some live in their car with their kids because even though they work, they spend everything they earn just to barely survive but remain stuck. Monthly Miracle's mission is to help our neighbors who are facing or fighting homelessness by facilitating life-changing miracles that they can sustain and build upon. Miracles often look like housing assistance, helping our clients with deposits and first month's rent, furniture and household items, or homelessness prevention, where we get to cover expenses so our neighbors don't lose the roof over their head. Some miracles come as car donations and car repairs, so our clients can continue going to work and provide for their family. Or sometimes we relocate people to an area where they have a better chance to build back their lives and thrive. Through these miracles, we get to carry other people's burdens and show them the love of Christ. Our outreaches provide a safe space to get to know all our neighbors without discrimination and meet their immediate needs. At every outreach, we make sure those who want prayer receive it, and our gatherings offer Bible study as well. We have seen Jesus transform many, many lives through our ministry. As we get to know our neighbors in need, we start identifying who is ready for a miracle, who is taking steps in the right direction. We work with them towards their goals and help create bridges that they need to cross. Many of our clients have overcome horrendous life obstacles, addictions, family trauma, job layoffs, and it's an honor to come alongside them and cheer them on on their journey to victory. I'd like to thank uh, Monthly Miracles because thanks to them, they were able to get us a home and a lot of furniture. Everything you see in this home has been donated and we honestly do feel really blessed and my kids are so happy to be comfortable, safe and out of the hotels. I hope that you guys can uh, continue to help Monthly Miracles because they help so many people and we are one of them. Our goal is to mobilize our community with just $1 a month donations. That's not $1 a day, but $1 a month, because we believe it's God's heart that we all participate in His miracles. Retired people on fixed incomes, youth, and even our clients donate to pay it forward to other neighbors in need. In 2018, I started Monthly Miracles with a call of God on my heart to just start believing for one miracle a month. And today we are seeing many lives, individuals and families being restored and saved from homelessness every single month. My hope is that you will join us with your $1 pledge today so that we can meet the growing need for our services and so that you can see what miracles are possible when we come together. Awesome, awesome. So my guest today, uh, is uh, Christina Bethea, who is the founder and CEO of Monthly Miracles. Uh, Monthly Miracles is a ministry to the homeless based uh, in California that uh, God has used in powerful ways to help those in need, not only with practical things, but also presenting the gospel. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Christina, for being on with me today. Thank you, Will. What an honor. Thank you. Oh, man. So I really want our listeners to hear the testimony. Testimonies. I really feel like you have some powerful testimonies, first, of, of how God had saved you, you know, and, but also yeah. how this ministry came about. So, Christina, you're from where originally? I'm from Croatia. Croatia. Okay. So what was the journey as far as salvation uh, for you? Like, how did God call you uh, to salvation? I grew up in Roman Catholic country, Croatia, where church and state is one. 
and I went to church, I went to school, I kept hearing about Jesus, I kept hearing about, you know, the Bible, even though we never actually opened one, we were only mm. taught catechism, we were praying to saints, you know, yeah. um, very strict Vatican Roman Catholicism is what I uh, grew up in and, and what Croatia practices. So I didn't know anything much about Jesus other than he was this amazing, great God who became man, and because I was such a horrible person, he was nailed on the cross. And I would watch the movies and cry, and uh, it was horrible. I felt horrible about myself, and this is how the story pretty much ended. There was no hope. There was no salvation. There was no talk of born again. I actually don't even know in my language how to say born again. I've never heard the phrase. And now when I evangelize the people in my country, it's it, they're hearing it for the first time. It's, yeah. it's not a phrase that we even are familiar with, even though it's like 98% Catholic country. Hmm. So I came to America uh, when I was 21 years old through a, um, what is it called? A study abroad program through my college, Rochester okay. Institute of Technology. Yeah. And this is where I met my husband, uh, at the time, my boyfriend, obviously. Mm -hmm. And he grew up Baptist. He was a Christian. And I, at that point, was a cynical atheist who just thought that if there was a God, he for sure isn't with the Roman Catholic Church because of all the vile stuff that I've seen and, you know, just mispractices and abuse of people and things of that nature. So I just thought, okay... Uh, if there is a God, it's not there. I went through some other religions, and I thought, okay, none of this really makes sense to me. And at that point, I thought, I concluded, well, there probably isn't a God. So I was extremely cynical. And one day, my boyfriend, now my husband, says, let's go to church. And that was in Rochester, New York. And I say, yeah, fine, let's go. And I wanted to go mock it. I wanted to go and make fun of this American church that I saw in the movies where people were just clapping and laughing and dancing and, you know, uh, very, very different from what I grew up in, which was Latin mass. So I, on my way to, on our way to church, uh, the church is called the Father's, Father's House in Rochester, on our way to church, I'm fighting with my boyfriend, now my husband, Steve, and I'm telling him how we shouldn't give, don't you let them take your money, because <laughs> if there was a God, he wouldn't need your money. Mm. Uh, we are college students, we're broke. If there was a God, he wouldn't want your money anyway, and all they're going to want to do is take your money, because that's what I'm used to with Roman Catholicism back home. Mm -hmm. People were robbed left and right, they were poor, and the priests were driving in BMWs. Mm. So in any case, I was so cynical and bitter, and he just gently kind of, you know, dealt with me. I was a feminist at the time. <laughs> I was extremely promiscuous. Uh, I was an LGBTQ advocate on my mm. campus. I was also somebody with uh, bisexual practice past or history. Mm. And so th th this is uh, the type of person and the mindset that I had at the time. And we enter this church, and I sit in the pew. It was long pews, and I'm sitting in the aisle seat. And the pastor, Pierre, 
he just starts sharing the gospel. Mm. So just for reference point, this was 12 years ago. Yeah. And he starts sharing the gospel, and he starts explaining what happened on the cross and why Jesus died and how he took away all the sins of the world mm. and how he sees me and he loves me, and in my wretchedness, he still decided to go and take my place. And that all the sin and wrath was punished and exhausted on Jesus. Mm. And now, because of what Jesus has done and because he has resurrected, I can be born again. And he has sent his Holy Spirit. And mm. his Holy Spirit makes his place in me, his mm -hmm. home in me. And I'm hearing all of this. And I am just amazed and I am shaking in my seat. I don't know what's happening to me. Mm. Now that I'm a Christian, now I can tell you Holy Spirit was wrecking yeah. me <laughs> and I, you know, the veil was torn. I saw my sin and then I saw this crazy love for me in the midst of my sin and mm. what Jesus has done and given me a brand new life. I mean, it was insane. I wow. didn't even know what Holy Spirit was at the time. Wow. All I knew is I was sitting in my seat, and I'm shaking uncontrollably. I'm crying my eyeballs out, <laughs> and I'm so ashamed because I'm sitting next to my boyfriend, and I was a feminist. I would never <laughs> cry in front of a man. Never. You would never catch me cry in front of a man. It's so funny because now I'm preaching, you know, conservatism and, and women submitting <laughs> to their husbands. But... <laughs> And so this is how the Lord just wrecked me. I understood the mm -hmm. gospel, mm -hmm. and everything for me changed from that point on. Mm -hmm. I, I became extremely hungry for the Bible immediately. I devoured the Word hours every day because the, the thought, the single-minded thought that I had in my head was, if God was real, which He is, I just met Him mm -hmm. tangibly, um, then I need to get to know him. And there's nothing more important than getting to know the God that just met me. Wow. And no, that's, that, that same that's... service. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Finish, finish what you're saying. So that same service, mm -hmm. one of the first miracles that I think I received was at the end of the service, Pastor Pierre says, we're going to go into Rochester and paint the town red. Um, we're going to... Um, what he called was uh, spread the gospel to Rochester on the streets of Rochester and, yeah. you know, uh, covering the blood of Jesus. And he says, who, whoever wants to donate or, or, you know, give toward this, uh, this cause to make it happen, please do so. The offering plate will pass by. And I stand up and I tell Steve, we have to give to the Lord what is the Lord. <laughs> and I take out all the cash I had wow. on me and I make him take out his cash. Because, <laughs> again, I was a feminist, forgive me. But um, it was the very first sign of trans uh, transformation wow. in me. Literally within an hour, I was so bitter and I was basically forbidding him to give to the Lord. Mm. And then within an hour, my heart was so changed. Wow. I think we lost her. We're going to try to get her back, and we're going to talk more about um, her testimony. But also, I want to know from her, and when we get back, I'll ask her about the homeless ministry. Like, how did it get from where she was then, you know, when she got saved, born again, to 
the ministry uh, to the homeless. But man, you can see even there that the gospel, <laughs> the gospel is enough. She heard the gospel, and it sounds like really for the first time at that church in New York, and it, it penetrated her heart to the point where, man, she couldn't deny that there was something that was going on, that that she was in sin, right, and that she needed uh, this Savior that was talked about. The gospel is enough. So why do we even today, you know, have to have all these gimmicks and have all these things that we try to do to make uh, the gospel appealing? For what she just said there, it was a presentation, a clear presentation of the gospel that really changed her, her heart. And so much so, <laughs> before church, she was talking about not, you know, going to be able to, you know, don't give the money because they're trying to take your money. She had a, a point of view from where she she grew up, you know, and the kind of things that were done. But also, you could see in that testimony that even after that, when God stirred her heart, like she wanted to give. That was a dramatic change even there. And I think we have her back on. Christina, are you there with, with us? Yes. Okay. All right. So what I wanted to do next was find out, so this burden that you have now, like for the homeless and, and, and just this being stirred up for, for this homeless ministry, what were you already, like, uh, did you already have a heart for the homeless or was this something that God did after you were born again and then, you know, just led you in this, in this way? Like, how did that all come about in your heart? Yeah, I, would, I did not have a heart for the homeless at all. <laughs> yeah. I was, again, very self-righteous and feminist. And yeah. um, my goodness, I could just go on and on about my worldview and who I was before mm. Jesus Christ. Mm. And um, so I would look at the homeless with uh, quite like a, a sense of contempt. I thought that, you know, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps mm. and uh, get to work and get yourself out of the hole. Right. And, you know, I still to that, to some degree, have that sort of an attitude where I do think that people need to do certain things to mm-hmm. get themselves out of their situation, which mm-hmm. is, I'll, I'll explain later with how we do our miracles and who actually we help yeah. that are homeless. But, um, so I do believe still in accountability. But when I saw my first homeless person, when I, after I got born again, my heart broke and I just started crying uncontrollably. Mm. Wow. Again, this is coming from a woman that never cried. <laughs> and, um, I just started crying and my husband said, you know, what's going on? And I just articulated to him that I finally understand there's so much more to life and these people, they need to know the gospel. They need Mm. to know how much they're loved. They need to know their value, their worth. They need to know that they're made in the image of God. Mm. When you know that you're made in the image of God, you carry yourself differently. Amen. You do things differently. Amen. And when you see people who are in such despair, who are living on the side of the road, who are doing things that they shouldn't be doing, the last thing they think about themselves is that they are um, made in the image of God. Mm, And mm. this is what broke my heart. And I started... um, I started volunteering with uh, churches and, and, you know, just local outreaches. At that time, we were living on the East Coast in New Jersey and Newark. Hey, Christina, Christina, I'm sorry to have to barge in, but we're going to a break. We're going to hold it right there. When we get back, we're going to get more of this story. Uh, Stick with us. Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. 
Simmer down, simmer down, y'all gon' hear me out. Yeah, come around, gather round, stomp these devils out. Man, it's a crowd, we won't buy, they gon' find that out. We ain't playing games, standing bold, we don't hide out. Now, gotta, gotta order, need some order, this is God's house. Can't be on the border, if you border, you get cast out. Boy, this a war, now get your sword and pull your guns out. Looking for a change, now give me quarters, help me go about. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. You're listening to Wednesdays with Will and have a special guest on today, uh, Christina Bethea, who is the founder and CEO of Monthly Miracles. And before we uh, went to the break, she was telling us about her heart for the homeless and how that came about. And I want Christina to continue to tell us that and also go into the testimony of how Monthly Miracles came about, because it's a, a very powerful testimony you guys need to hear. So, Christina, can you pick up where you were, where you left off? Yeah. So fast forward from uh, East Coast, uh, we came to West Coast, uh, California, mm-hmm. right here by Silicon Valley in San Francisco, uh, seven years ago. And I was working a regular job and being a Christian and still, you know, evangelizing and uh, being unashamed of my faith. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then one day the Holy Spirit told me, quit your job and start a homeless charity. And (laughs) I didn't understand why or why me, why now, how do you start a homeless charity? I I don't know anything about that. Mm. At the time, I still was serving with churches and with nonprofits that were helping the homeless. I did it every single week. It was like my thing. And I thought that they were doing a pretty good job. So I didn't understand why he needed me to do it. Mm -hmm. And he just kept telling me this every day I would go into work all I would hear is quit your job and start a homeless charity and it was a nerve-wracking decision that thanks to my husband who is extremely supportive Mm, I was able to you know do it and quit my job and not worry about finances it's extremely expensive here probably the most expensive part of the country where we live so I was you know, worried about a thousand things. And then I just went into my prayer closet and laid it all uh, bare before the Lord Mm. and told him, you know, you can have my life. I don't care if I never get paid again for, you know, anything I do. Uh, You can, you can just have it. If you want to do it, Mm. let's go. Mm. And that happened. And now I'm without a job and I'm trying to figure out how do you start a homeless, how do you start a nonprofit? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm meeting with all of these different Christian nonprofit leaders, and they're all telling me, you know, how you have to send paperwork to Sacramento, how it takes about a year to get the 501c3 status, Mm -hmm. and how you need, uh, you know, some money to get help with the legal paperwork and all of that stuff. Well, the Lord didn't tell me to save up money. The Lord didn't tell me to keep working, and it's going to take a year. The Lord told me to quit my job and start a homeless charity. So I was so confused. (laughs) Like, what is, you know, I'm jobless. I didn't save up, uh, and I'm here supposed to, what, twiddle my thumbs for (laughs) a year? And lo and behold, there comes around this woman that I've never met, a young lady named Savannah, and... We meet through a contact at a church, never met her before, never even heard of her ministry. She was serving the homeless in West Oakland and Tenderloin District in Sacramento, which are mm. probably the worst of the worst that you see on TV yeah. where the homelessness is concerned. And I meet with her, I sit down with her, and I tell her where I'm at, what I'm trying to do. At that point, the Lord told me already to 
believe in miracles, to name it monthly miracles, to expect miracles every month. Wow. Uh, he told me that we were going to be pulling people out of homelessness, not just serving them, but really restoring them back into just a sustainable life. And then also he told me that uh, I'm supposed to only ask for a dollar a month, all of that stuff. So I'm communicating this to Savannah, and she says, now I know why we've met. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay. And out of this meeting, I thought she was going to help me, you know, something with the paperwork. Like, I, w I just wanted to learn from her. Well, she says that she's getting married and that she is – uh, moving away to mm -hmm. Southern California, and she doesn't know what to do with her charity. So for <laughs> the past few months, while I was freaking out on how to start a homeless charity and how to obey <laughs> the Holy Spirit, she was freaking out, what do I do about my charity? Who do I leave it to? I have nobody to leave it to. Wow. And so the Lord answered each our prayers. Yeah. Right there and then, we were sitting in Starbucks. We started crying and praising the Lord, and it was just um, an amazing, amazing Holy Spirit moment. We wow. signed off. You know, she signed the paperwork, and all of a sudden, I had a charity on my hands. Wow. And it took me no time, no money. It was just <laughs> I was ready to hit the ground running. Amen. And we started working on the miracles. At the beginning, it was just me. And then the Lord started um, adding more volunteers. And when COVID hit is when we really, really grew because we were out there, boots on the ground mm. from the very first shelter in place. We didn't care. The Lord just told us to go, and mm. we did. And we just oh, were reaping the harvest from that. Man, praise <laughs> God. Look, you know, it's important yes. that we hear that the Holy Spirit speak. And if he's speaking, he's going to provide whatever is needed you know, for the task that that's there, you know? So man, this is, this should be an encouragement that if he's speaking to your heart about whatever it is that he yeah. is going to supply every need that's that, that associated with that, uh, that task. And so man, it's, it's, it's great to hear because there's some corners in, I'll say Christianity that believe, oh, no, the Holy spirit don't speak like that anymore. Like it's only, you know, <laughs> through the word and that's it. And yes, that's primarily how God speaks to us. But he, in real time as well, right. gives instruction, and, and we see that right here. So what I want to do now, uh, and just a programming note, I, I'm planning to have her husband, Steve, on with me next week. And he, he's into fitness, and, he, and God using, is using him in that ministry to, you know, wellness and things like that. So I want to talk to him about that next week, Lord willing. But what I want to do here, so um, Monthly Miracles. If you go to monthlymiracles.org, is that right? Monthlymiracles.org. You can check out the website. I want to know what you guys offer and how you come about, like, uh, deciding who you will help and just kind of what you were talking about earlier, like there's a process. So if I come in and I want help, like, what's the process? Right. So our mission is to save our neighbors from homelessness mm -hmm. through by mobilizing the local community with $1 a month donations. And we do that by spreading the love and grace of Jesus Christ in words and actions. Mm. So how we do it practically is we have two weekly outreaches okay. with a community that is partnered with other churches, nonprofits, and we just kind of create a one-stop 
shop for anyone that's in need. Mm. And people contact us. We have a web- website. Uh, we get referrals from school districts. We get referrals from local police departments, which we cl- very closely work with. And we get to vet through all of those systems. Mm. We get to okay. vet who comes to our table, and we start talking with them. I mean, but it's pretty simple to reach us. Yeah. Uh, but once we get to talk to them, we assess where they're at, where they're going. We assess their income. Uh, what's very uh, surprising maybe to your listeners is that in our area particularly, because it's so expensive, we have a lot of people who are working and are homeless. So. Mm. Wow. It's a very different face of homelessness than what you would see on the TV with, you know, San Francisco mm-hmm. homeless shooting up on the side of the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very difficult. Yes, in our outreaches, we'll feed everybody. We'll, you know, offer showers to anybody and, and things of that nature. But when it comes to facilitating a miracle, we're looking for those that are ready. And when mm-hmm. I say a miracle, that's four categories that we work with. It's housing assistance. It's homelessness prevention, vehicle aid, or relocation. Okay. So within those four categories is how we uh, basically uh, facilitate a relief for somebody who is in trouble, either in danger of homelessness or somebody who wants to get out of homelessness and is taking the right steps to get out. So clients have steps to do. They have to make sure that they're getting their proper income. We help them with that. Uh, we help find housing for them, help with first and last month's rent type of thing or deposit, or when it comes to a vehicle, we get vehicles donated, then we fix them up and give them to single moms in need. For example, like this weekend, we just gave away a donated car to a precious single mom with four kids we've known for a while. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the identifying those that mm-hmm. are ready. And how we do that is we walk alongside them. We get yeah. to know them, and we have a prayer team that prays with them, and uh, we have Bible studies also at every outreach. Okay. So that, that's what I wanted to ask you, too. So, you know, we know it's important to meet those practical needs, but to you guys, how uh, important is it? is it to meet those spiritual needs as well? And how is that usually done? You, you mentioned Bible studies. Uh, is this something that yeah. they can choose to go to? Or, like, how do y'all um, work that? Right. We serve everybody. Mm-hmm. We, um, we serve everybody. Uh, it's a, an amazing evangelistic opportunity to love people who are, you know, in danger or in crisis or are just hitting their rock bottom yeah. and showing them the love of Jesus Christ. And so... We, um, but with that, like you said, they have a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Bible study uh, that's always right there next to our intake table um, at the outreach. Mm-hmm. And then we also have prayer warriors who are there to lay hands on people mm-hmm. and heal them and, mm-hmm. um, I mean, administer healing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yes. And uh, administer the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. I mean, just recently we had a, a huge Christmas party for all of our neighbors in need. And we had over a thousand people at this event. Wow. And we just take something that's so simple and even, you know, uh, secular as Christmas has become. Mm-hmm. And we meet their needs. We make sure that they are taken care of over the holidays. And at the same time, we distribute Bibles. We have a huge prayer team. We've seen so many salvations. Wow. We've seen healings, uh, diabetic healed at wow. the Christmas event. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, just amazing stuff. So you just show up, you meet their tangible needs, and then you administer the gospel. And yeah. Wow. So this so uh, Jesus as you go. This Christmas um, uh, program or Christmas miracles, I saw that on the site. Is that something that's done every year? And um, is this what you were just talking about? The thousand people that, that that came out to be a part of this. That's right. Okay, awesome. That's right, and that's something that's done uh, Every each year. year. Wow, awesome. That's right. We are, yeah. It's been crazy, growing like crazy, but it's amazing. It's one of my favorite things ever because I was when I was a kid. I received the Operation Christmas Child shoebox yeah. back in Croatia, <laughs> and it made my Christmas. And wow. I just wanted to do that for our neighbors in need. Five years ago, wow. I think I had maybe 10 families. This year, we had 1,000 people. So oh. it was amazing. <laughs> wow. So so what do you guys yeah. see, you know, going forward? Like, what, what are some of the plans? Or is it just to continue doing what you're doing now? Or are there some things on the horizon that the Lord's putting in your heart? Yeah, the Lord is really opening up opportunities for just uh, branching out, basically, mm. sticking with this model, this this niche model of helping those who are ready, yeah. who are doing the right steps, taking the right steps, doing the right things, and then just Christians gathering around them and providing them the need and the, the, the financial relief that they need to get out of their situation. Mm. So uh, we will stick with our model, but we do see a great need to branch out. So I've wow. been contacted already by several different churches and just volunteers, people yeah. who are serving the homeless in other parts of the country. And they're like, I don't know really what I'm doing. I just know I want to serve the Lord like this. And would you help me figure this out? Would you guys consider mm. branching out? And, you know, we look at where our donors are coming from. And with just $1 a month, we have people donating from all over America. We mm. actually have people donating from other parts of the world. Yeah. And it's just amazing how the Lord is utilizing that $1 a month model to unite us and to really bring something about that's changing one area at a time. Well, let's do this because I want to make sure the information gets out there. Give us the website, how they can contact you. And if they want to give, that's all on the website as well. So uh, just tell us the information. We have our website is monthlymiracles.org. And right there on the front page, you can sign up for your dollar a month. We we only ever ask for a dollar a month because we want you to see the miracles that are happening. And when you do that, you get to see the faces, the people that in their stories. You can mm. see where they were, yeah. how we helped them, and where they are now. Yeah. And then you can contact me on info at monthlymiracles.org. Awesome, awesome. I have the page up now, and there's testimonies. You see different pictures and things of people that have been blessed by this ministry. Christina, thank you so much. I, I, you, know, you were one of the first people I thought about, you and your husband, to have on because I wanted to highlight ministries around the country, and I just follow what you guys do. I see the, the, the posts that you put up, and I'm like, man, you know, they're really doing some great work. So thank you for being on. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm All honored. Right. All right. God bless. Well, man, look, Monthly Miracles, monthlymiracles.org. One dollar a month. That's just an awesome ministry uh, to the homeless, and you can be a part of that. But this has been Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio Wednesdays with Will, where we've been highlighting ministries and want to continue to do that. So, so keep listening. Um, but we plan to be back tomorrow. But until then, God bless. <laughs> <laughs>